This is Johnny Silva. I'm the pastor at Dilly First United Methodist Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith, and I hope it gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. Enjoy the message. There's something different about today. Today, we are starting Lent, and that is something kind of significant because we are journeying towards the cross that happens on Good Friday, and on the other side of the cross is Easter. And so I think that's a very significant part of what makes us who we are as Christians. And it's kind of hard to believe that we are already here. I mean, it's the beginning of March 2022. And I think it's interesting, and and I'm glad, like I said, that we are starting with communion today, because we'll start our Lent journey with communion, and then on Monday, Thursday, the Thursday before Easter, we'll end with it, uh, with our observance of the Holy Communion on that Monday, Thursday. But my hope and prayer is that this Lenten season that is leading up to Easter Sunday that we would gain a lot of things going forward in our preparation for Easter. So when you meet someone for the first time, many times you start with by saying, you know, this is my name, right? You start with the name and then you maybe even talk about um, where people are from. But very early on in the conversation, at least my experience has been that the next thing that comes is, well, what do you do for a living? And so whenever I say, well, I'm a pastor. The conversation seems to shift just a little bit. Uh, they become very acutely aware of their language, right? So if they were um, cussing before or something like that and they find, find out that I'm a, uh, a pastor, like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I didn't really mean that, all that sort of stuff. I was like, well, I mean, that's, that's on you. It's really not on me. But then kind of right after that starts a kind of confession. And I'm like, you do know I'm not a priest, right? I'm just a pastor. Uh, not just a pastor, but I'm a pastor. And so I hear things like, oh, well, I haven't been to church, and I really need to get back in the church. I'm like, yeah, that's probably good. Um, but then, you know, more confession and more confession. And this is a little bit hard to get away from, especially if you're on a flight and there's somebody right next to you. You're like, oh, my goodness, how long is this flight? How much more confession am I going to need to hear? But that is an example of sometimes when I really don't want to hear confession. Um, But there are other times that I want confession, I don't really get it. So for instance, I talk about my son Jackson a lot, but this is when he was uh, four years old. So he was the age of my son Knox is now. And so what he would do, he still gets up early, like five o'clock every single day. Doesn't matter if it's on the weekend, doesn't matter if it's in the summer, five o'clock every day. And so he will go and he would get my phone and he would play with my phone. And I was like, okay, I'm going to let that happen. But then he would, this one time he got my phone and then he went into the, to the bathroom in, in our room and I heard something and he had dropped it in the toilet. I, I was hoping that I, it was not what I thought it was. And then he closes the lid. Now, thank goodness he did not flush the toilet. But so I went in there and, you know, kind of out of a dead sleep sort of thing. And I I said, what happened? I I didn't do anything. I was like, well, well, okay. First of all, yes, you did. But what did you do? What did you do? 
And so that was a confession I was looking for. But he said, uh, I don't know, but uh, I'm sorry. I was like, okay, all right, what did you do? <laughs> so he said, uh, I think I, I accidentally dropped the, the, the phone in the toilet. I was like, what? He goes, I'm sorry, I'm really sorry. But and it won't happen again. I was like, OK, all right. I mean, how do you get mad at that? Right. But but again, that was a situation where I was looking for a confession, but I really didn't get it. Not the way that I wanted. And so that made me think that made me think that um, there are some times that, that we want confessions and we don't get them, and especially in my case as a pastor. There are some times where I get confessions. And I really don't want them. But then I remember in Genesis chapter 3, when there was something very similar that happened. And this was after the first sin entered into the world, right? The first man, the first woman, and they had done what they were not supposed to do, right? They consumed the fruit from the forbidden tree. Now, after that had happened, God comes into the garden and is looking for the man. And he says, well, where are you? And then he says, well, I, I was hiding because I was naked and afraid. And then God says to the man, well, how did you know? Who told you that you were naked? Now, instead of saying, oh, yep, it's completely my fault. I, it was uh, my bad from beginning to end. Um, so it's just that. Now, instead of that, what does he say? Well, it's this woman that you gave me. Like she's defective or something, right? Like this is this woman. She's the one. And then, so the, the blame is cast on the woman. So then God goes to the woman. And then she says, well, it wasn't me. It was this, this serpent that tricked me, right? And even though this seems like something that, oh, well, hopefully that doesn't happen to us, it happens to us more often than we probably like to admit. Because whenever we're confronted with something like that, very rarely is our first thought and action to confess what we've done because we don't really want to admit that we've done wrong. And I think that that's the first thing that we end up doing instead of that is we deny. But first we try to hide, we try to hide things like Jackson did, like if out of sight, out of mind, if I close the toilet, it never happened. But we try to hide and if that doesn't work, then our next step is to deny, 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 it wasn't me. And then if that doesn't work, then we go into um, casting blame elsewhere. Under that comes excuses. But what we really should be doing and should be our first thought and our first action is to confess. But you and I know that confession is not something that, that we normally talk about. Confession is not something that, that has a good connotation to it. It's something bad. That means that we have done something bad. And so very rarely do we actually go to confession at the beginning. So, as you know, sin separates us from God. And so that's what happened with the first man and the first woman. There was sin, and then they were then separated from God. Now, confession is something that, that can help us reconcile with God. And even though we know that, even though we know it's good for us, even though we know it's good for our souls, very rarely is that our first thought or action? So, how is it possible 
to overcome this impulse to hide and deny or excuse our actions and instead come to embrace and incorporate confession into our everyday lives. So as we journey through Lent this season, my hope and my prayer is that we will gain some wisdom, that we'll gain some insight, some encouragement, strength to add to our faith journey. And on this journey, we will encounter one word every single time that we meet. So for Wednesday, the word was endurance. And what that was is we were talking about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and that it's not easy and that it is there's temptation after temptation to stop or to say, you know, that's really not for me sort of thing. But the endurance helps us continue that race and helps us get closer to God and that there is some things that happen because of that, because of our endurance that will bring um, honor and glory to God and will have lasting effects far beyond our lifetime. So that first word for Wednesday was endurance. Today, our word is confession. And in that, we look to the book of Daniel to help us understand why confession might be good for us, might be good for our souls, and hopefully gain some wisdom and gain some insight and encouragement so that we might be able to incorporate this into our faith journey. So whenever you think of Daniel, the book of Daniel, you might think of Daniel in the lion's den. You might even think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, whenever they were in the fire, but they weren't consumed. But what Daniel, the book of Daniel, is, is really trying to do is trying to give us some encouragement, trying to give us an example of what a faithful person looks like and, in response, what our faithful God might look like. And so that's kind of what the book of Daniel does for us. And so with this, we think about Daniel as a very faithful person, someone that in all circumstances will choose God over whatever else. And it was actually something that put him in danger, in harm's way, many, many times, where it was a matter of life and death. Now for us, it's not going to be a life and death situation to express our faith or to really um, invest in our faith. But you never know what God might do with our, our confession, with our endurance, and with our faith journey. So our text for today is Daniel chapter 9, verses 3 through 19, and that is actually found within the section on dreams and the visions of the, of the book of Daniel. And in this particular section, Daniel has been in a dialogue with the angel Gabriel, and it's, he's received visions, and they had this kind of uh, dialogue with the angel Gabriel about what's going to happen to his people, to Israel. Now, before the dialogue can continue, there's a kind of pause, and this is where we come in here, where Daniel prays, and he prays for penitence, that is repentance, and not just for himself, but on behalf of his people. And the passage begins this way. I turn to the Lord God 
to seek an answer by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Now this is not unique just to the book of Daniel. This is something that was incorporated in the culture um, to which they lived. So to, to have fasting, that means you know denying yourself some things, many times food, but maybe some other things, and we do that in Lent. But the sackcloth and ashes was something that, you think about sackcloth, it was something like a potato sack, for instance. It was very, it was not comfortable in the least. So that was also denying the comfort um, of what regular clothes might do as opposed to the sackcloth. But the ashes, people would sit in ashes as well. And we thought, we think about that with Ash Wednesday, but ashes was meant of a, for a sign of like, of repentance, but they would sit in ashes. And it was a, a point of desperation where people would be in that situation, but yet they were hoping for something more. They knew that they had to do something and this is what they were going to do. So this is how Daniel started. He started with saying, I'm going to, I'm going to pray and I'm going to uh, have supplication, which means I'm going to ask for stuff. But first, I'm going to do that in conjunction with fasting and with sackcloth and with ashes, because this means that much. It's this important to me. And so I'm not suggesting that, that we must fast, even though if that's what you're called to do, please do so. And I'm not even suggesting that we wear sackcloth or that we sit in ashes, but I am suggesting, just like Daniel, that we take prayer seriously and how we pray, take that seriously as well. So the shape that, that Daniel has to this prayer, and it's basically verses you know, 3 kind of gives you the introduction part, it has several more, so verses 4 all the way to 19, which is a prayer. And this is the way it's kind of broken down. So the first verse, uh, verse 4, talks about the adoration of the Lord, like lifting up praises to God of who God is. And then verses 5 through 14, that's the confession and pardon part. It's mostly the confession part, but it's not just a personal confession. This is what I've done, but this is what we have done as a nation and then the last part is the petition saying, please forgive us. We are at your mercy. And that's verses 15 through 19. Now, I'm not sure how you pray. I, I hope that you pray every day. But when you pray, I'm just guessing. But my guess is that your prayer is going to be arranged a little bit differently. If you are to incorporate confession into your prayer, not very likely that it's going to dominate your prayer. Most of the time, at least for me anyway, there's a lot more towards the end where I'm petitioning, where I'm asking for something. But this is something quite different. So my hope is that we can incorporate not only daily prayer, but into our daily prayer, confession. And so I'm not going to go through everything, every part of this, but I did want us to look at um, some examples of how Daniel incorporates confession into his prayer, into his daily life, as part of his faith journey. And so it starts like this. This is in verse 4. I prayed to the Lord my God 
and made confession. We have sinned and done wrong. Again, he's saying we. He's meaning that not just me, but the whole nation has sinned and have done wrong. We've acted wickedly and rebelled. We've turned aside from your commandments and your ordinances. So this sounds like some pretty harsh language, but it's true. And what he's doing first is he's acknowledging that what he has done, what the nation has done, is wrong. And we don't like to admit faults. I mean, we, we don't really. But it's very important to do that because that's a first step in the confession process, in the reconciliation process. So when we say, you know, this is what I've done, we're admitting to that. And this is what he does here. And he continues for several more verses explaining how he and all of Israel has sinned against God. Like, I'm not leaving anything out. Like, I want you to know, God, you already know. But I need this as part of me, as part of who I am, and trying to get in the right relationship with you. So it's not, this prayer of confession is not even for God. It's for us. And so I often pray for our nation. For the United States. But rarely do I ever say, this is what we have done as a nation. Because if we're honest with ourselves, whenever there's uh, something like that, we kind of try to distance ourselves a little bit to say, well, that's something that they did, but I wasn't really a part of that, right? We try to, um, to disassociate from that guilt, right? But the thing is, we're missing out on something that can happen whenever we do that. Because if we're owning up not just to what we did, but what to what our nation has done and is continuing to do, then we can then receive forgiveness as a nation. And so, with that said, towards the end of his prayer is when Daniel presents his uh, petition. But again, for the majority of it, it's saying, I am so, so sorry. Like, I acknowledge that I've done all these things and that I haven't done these things that you wanted me to, Lord, and, and I'm sorry for that. I'm so sorry that I'm, I'm asking for, not only for me, but for my nation. And I'm asking this because I value the relationship that I have with you more than being right or wrong. I value the relationship more because I want to be with you. I want to be with you in communion. But I know in order to do that, this is the first step. So then, and only then, does he continue. O Lord, in view of all your righteous acts, let your anger and wrath, we pray, turn away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain. He goes on, Now, therefore, O God, listen to the prayer of your servant and his supplication. He goes on further, incline your ear, my God, and hear. Open your eyes and look at our desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not present our supplication before you on the grounds of our own righteousness, but on the grounds of your great mercy. O Lord, hear, forgive. Listen and act. Don't delay. 
There's a sense of desperation. There's a sense of desperation because he knows that this is coming. And he has done his job. He has done everything up until being pardoned. So he confessed. He said, I did what I did was wrong. What we did as a nation was wrong. I'm sorry. And then he left it at the feet of God and said, have mercy on me. Forgive me, I pray. But he did everything that he could do in that process of reconciliation with God. But confession, confession is hard, but it's good for the soul. Confession is a discipline. It's something that you have to do, like I said earlier, to be able to be reconciled to God. Sin is that which separates us from God, and confession sets us on that right path to be reunited with God once again. Confession is admitting that you are guilty because you value the relationship with God more than escaping that punishment that is coming, maybe. But with that, after you confess, you plead before God to have mercy on you. And I'm so glad that whenever we pray to God, we are praying to a God who is merciful, who is mighty, who is loving, and who is gracious, and who would do anything for his children. And so when I think about all of this, I know that confession is not something that we tend to do on a regular basis. It's not something we even talk about. We don't talk about sin, much less confession. But we're missing out. If we don't have that as part of who we are, as part of our, our faith expression, then, then we're missing out. Because like I've said before, it is our, it's what we're created to do is be open and honest before God. Because if we're transparent and we're truthful with God, all that stuff that should be in the way, like that sin, like all of the, the oppression, all that sort of stuff, it's taken out of the way when we confess. We're saying, here, Lord, this is not something I want to carry anymore. This is something that I've been holding with me for so long. I don't want it anymore. And if you think about it, that thing is what separates us from God. And if you are in a relationship with somebody you can't have a good and faithful relationship if there's something in between. If you're hiding something, if you're holding something, that's not a great relationship. So let's start with our relationship with God and confess because God already knows. God already knows. It's, our confession is not for Him. It's for us. So we can take that out of the way we can say, I don't want this anymore. I want to be in a right relationship with you, God. That's what confession does. It starts with admitting of our wrongdoings. It continues with, with us saying that we're sorry. And then it, our part concludes when we say, have mercy on us, God. Forgive us, we pray. The rest of it, is up to God. And if you know God like I do, you know that God responds, God forgives, God loves, 
So this Lenten season, we started again with Wednesday saying endurance is our word of the day. Our word for today is confession. And my challenge to you is this. How can you incorporate confession starting with your prayer? Starting with your prayer life. When you pray to God, incorporate that. Give it a little bit more length. Be a little bit more honest. It's God. God's going to listen. God's going to love no matter what. And it's not for him. It's for us. So incorporate that into your prayer life. And then you can see it spill over into the rest of your life. So that if you have a good relationship with God and you're in that that routine of confessing to God, maybe you're able to confess to your loved ones. Maybe you're able to confess to the community in which you live. But you know that you don't have to hold that. You don't have to hide that any longer. Confession is good for the soul. May it be so. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There's a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And please share this message with friends and family to help us spread the gospel message. And thanks again for joining us on Dilly First United Methodist Church podcast. Blessings.